0: Yeah, Ryan Hartley here from Bitten Yesterday, over the weekend, I sat down to watch the UFC. Um, the event was in London. There were loads of British fighters on the bill, and um, there was this one lad, Paddy the Baddy Pimblett, was um, was was fighting. And there's just been so much media attention for Paddy over the last few months. He is starting to take the UFC world by storm. He's a real character, real <laughs> really interesting character. I, I, I enjoy. Hearing from him and and his videos and his interviews. Um, And it was great to see him get the win at the weekend. But I think what's got most of the attention is not his win, but his post fight interview. It's a really touching interview. Uh, If you've seen it, if you've heard it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And this episode today is just to really highlight the topic that he is talking about, which is men's mental health. And we're talking a little bit about suicide. So, what I'm going to do in this episode is I'm going to play you a seven minute interview that that paddy does with bt sport after his fight it might be a little bit sad it might bring up some things within you so feel free not to listen to this full episode if that is a sensitive subject for you but what you're going to hear about is a a struggle with with paddy um He's experienced for a friend, a friend taking his own life. Um, and he makes a huge plea for men to talk, to look after their health and well-being. And after the interview, what I'm going to share with you is a story from someone within our community um, who was recently um, expressed that they were planning to take their own life. I'll, I'll share some of my own experience of having a conversation with that human being and maybe some of the ways with which we can become more comfortable in having conversations with that type of thought and feeling um, should that arise in us or should that arise in anyone else. I'm not a psychologist, you know, trained psychologist. i obviously a, a, a student of psychology my entire life. Um, but I'm not a trained professional in, in in the world of mental health. But I have a heart for people and a compassion for people and relieving suffering, wherever that might be. So seven minutes interview with Paddy the U- UFC's uh, Paddy the Baddy. Um, really listen to his heartbreaking story, his heart, heart-wrenching message, and then come back at the very end and I'll, I'll share with you some insights. Here we go.
1: Pad, listen, we'll talk fighting secondary, right? Let's use the platform that BT Sport has to continue to spread the message. I know this is going to be upsetting, mate. Firstly, how have you managed to keep yourself together over the last 24 hours before making that walk tonight?
2: Just had to do it, you know what I mean? I had to stay strong for not just myself, not just everyone around me. Like some of my mates are here today. They've come from my mate from Ricky's house, who's been sitting with his mum, you know what I mean? They're mentally burnt out more than I am. I'm lucky the fact I wasn't in Liverpool at the time because I would have been a lot a lot worse at the minute, you know what I mean? It would have hit me a lot harder, but I had bigger things on my mind. I had to focus on my fight, so I didn't really, like, I had stuff to block it out, you know what I mean? I had to make weight. As I say, I found out at 4am on Friday morning. I was weighing in in five hours. I just woke up and just looked at my phone and burst out crying, and I still had to go and do another £2. Just like, oh, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? Why am I even doing this? But that's why I'm doing it. I'm doing it to get in there, to win me fights, and to, sh- to spread the message. You know what I mean? People, as I say, men don't talk enough. lad, women can go and just speak like, oh, so, you know what I mean. But men don't. Lad. Men have got this stigma where, oh, if I talk like that. I'm, I'm a, I'm a weak man. I'm. You're not weak. You're stronger than anyone. If you can go and talk to your mates and say, hey, lad, this is affecting me. It's you're stronger than anyone. I don't care what anyone says. Like. People think bottling stuff up, bottling stuff up makes it better. I've been there. When I, when I lost on Cage one years ago and I broke my hand again, and I thought, oh my God, I've turned the UFC down twice. I'm never going to get in the UFC. For about three, four months, I was waking up crying every morning. And I'll be honest, if I, if I had the bottle, I'd, I probably wouldn't be, you know. I would have done something drastic. And you can't make a split second decision what will end everything. And you've got to think about things. And the one thing I always say is, you've got to get it off your chest. That's something that I did. I eventually spoke to someone, and as soon as you speak to someone, it feels like a weight lifted off your shoulders. Literally, that is what it was like for me. I was like, "Oh my God, that feels better." And then I spoke to another friend. I spoke to me dad. I spoke to me fiance. I spoke to me coach, and it got better. And I know that my friend, Ricky, he never, he never feel like, didn't feel like he could speak to anyone without getting called a little girl. That's what we need to get rid of. But like. mental health awareness is. For men, it's ridiculous. There's no funding in the UK for it either. and No one does anything about it, lad. It's the biggest killer I remember between, like, 21 and 45. No one does anything. No one cares. And it's what does me, edit more than anything, lad. No one cares about it. because It's only young men who's asked.
1: The thing that's evident, your friend was going through an awful amount of pain, but it's the pain that gets left behind as well, which is evident on your face, and I've no doubt that that is on his... It's mom. Family and friend- friends.
2: Mum and his sister, lad. I don't know how they're getting through this now. His dad's already passed. His mum and his sister are having a, obviously having a terrible time now, but we're all here for them, all his mates, all, this, all the all of the family, and I'll do whatever I can for them. Know what I mean? As I say, I'm getting a charity going for kids, the little baddies, but I need to do something for men's mental health because it's just killing too many men, lad. It's no one's doing nothing about it. People are just for a whole men by the wayside and no one cares so if no one else is going to do something I'm going to have to.
1: Listen, you deliver one of the most iconic post-fight speeches in the Octagon that we've seen for a long time and as well as that I know that you wanted to dedicate the fight to Baby Lee. We spoke in the week, I don't want to dwell on it too much but I noticed Fire. that you had a little thing there. What
2: mean? I was a little warrior, I was a little fighter more than anyone, more than anyone that gets in that cage. He was more of a warrior than anyone I got told about 12 times he won't make it past the weekend and every single time he fought it every single time he beat it and then it's just one fight too many lad for his little body he couldn't he couldn't beat it you know what I mean that was for that was for Josh and Keisha and his little brother and sister like the pain that they're going through as well is just no mum and, and dad should ever have to do that I don't care what anyone says It killed my man, burying two of his sons no no parent should ever have to bury their own child it's meant to be the other way round
1: listen in all seriousness right How are you feeling? And I don't mean like in this particular moment, this is is evident, I'm talking serious. All the things that you have to deal with, I'm talking about the superstar status, having to go and fight, the stresses with all that, and then all these things that are going on in your real life, are you talking to somebody is what I'm basically asking you, mate?
2: Like as I say, I'm one of the most mentally strong people ever. I I know that myself personally, I've got more mental strength than anyone and as I've just said, I've been there. I've been there myself. I've got more self-belief in myself than anyone I know and anyone I've ever thought of. There's only people in my mind that like, I can think of mental strength, like me, and people like my Ali, you know what I mean? But, like, I've been there. I know how hard it is to get through stuff like that, and I'm one of the most mentally strong people I know on, on planet Earth, so if I have struggled with it, I know a normal person's going to struggle with it, and, as I say, that's why we need to talk more. Men need to talk. It's alright for women. Women, they have a little gab with their mates at a cup of tea and they talk to each other non stop. As I say, if a man goes to his mates, certain people are like, oh, What are you being like that for, lad? Grow up, you know what I mean? That's not how you speak to your mates, lad. If you care about someone, you say, Oh, what's up, bro? You're alright? Come here, lad. Let's talk about it. And that's what men need to do more, lad. That's my main point to This this. Like, men need to speak more. They need to get stuff off the chest and not sit there and overthink things. And as I say, a split-second decision changes the course of not just your life, your family's life, your friends' life, people in your city's life, and that's, that's what we need to get, to break. We need to break the stigma. Listen,
1: I can't thank you enough for obviously sharing that, and I'm sure a lot, a lot of people are going to get strength from it.
2: Talk to me about the love that you received from the people out there this evening. I love each and every person out there. Without you, this wouldn't be the same. I said it last time, fighting in the apex was nice, but fighting in front of my fans i love each and every one of you. every single one of you or buys a ticket or follows me on social media or gives me interactions i love each and every single one of you. without you, i wouldn't be here today simple as that i wouldn't be here without the love i've received will you do me a favor take some time to
1: spend some time with your loved ones yeah be around that over the next few days and the few weeks forget about
2: fighting for a bit we want to see you in the octagon for yourself, I'm going to. December. I'll be back in December. Vegas. I'm coming, baby.
0: There we go. That was Paddy, the baddie Pimblet speaking to BT Sport after his fight on Saturday night. And um, as I said at the start of this podcast, someone came to my five-year anniversary event back in June, and one of the speakers had um, people do an activity, an exercise, got people talking, and that revealed to our community manager, Abby, that uh, there was someone in that room that that needed to be there on that day. And there's a set of circumstances and a, a chain of events that I just don't believe in coincidences. That person was meant to be in that room today. And we, we discovered something about one of those individuals that they had recently, only had two weeks prior to the event, planned to take their own life so fast forward uh, a couple of weeks we have another community event we make sure that this person comes along and and we wrap them up as part of the community and we're we're having this conversation or I was having this conversation with this um, courageous human being who thankfully was still with us and as I say uh, I'm not trained you know to have these conversations I'm not a mental health professional and this isn't advice. You know, I'm not necessarily giving advice because I, I don't know whether it's right or wrong, but what I wanted to do is share my experience and, and share what happened during that conversation. Um and I think, you know, sometimes when I've said before, like darkness isn't an entity. Darkness is simply the absence of light. So what I want to try and do is flood that darkness with light. And and we know that light is love. When we're in states of Love, we emit biophotons, which is the measurement of light. So if we want to overcome any darkness, we just have to try and bring love to a situation. So my love for this human being on that on that day was to hold space, to, to not be judgmental. But I, there's there's something more I could do, which was just lean in. Be curious. And and this is something that I don't think that we do in a, in a society because we're too fearful of saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. But I just asked you know, tell me about your plan. Tell me about how you planned to take your own life. And he told me. He told me his plan, which I don't need to share, but you could just see the change, you know, the we, being able to now separate self from the situation. And I just looked at him. I just put my arm around him. I just said, I'm glad you didn't glad you didn't. I'm glad you're still here. And he looked at me, he says, so am I. And this is, you know, when we, we obviously intellectually know that it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem, but we have to make space for it. We have to, you know, we have to go beyond the, it's okay to not be okay, hashtag and, and vulnerable posts, because we have to just be able to walk alongside people and have to make uh, space for these conversations, which might, be full of shame and guilt. And, and shame is almost like social suicide. The emotion of shame is one where we just want to be invisible. We want life to swallow up us up. We want our faces to never be seen. And we have to transcend that feeling of shame. And the only way that we can do that is unconditional love and acceptance. I started to then ask more questions about what was absent in your life. You know, what what wasn't present for you in that time of life that led to these conditions and thoughts and, and, and the desire to plan such a thing? And again, when we are able to objectively look at our life and realize how much either the right environment, the right thoughts, the right people, the right work setting it becomes a lot easier to have compassion for ourselves because no wonder our seemingly illogical response now starts to make a little bit more sense. And when we can start seeing it that way, we can have compassion for us being not a broken human being, a flawed human being, but one of a human being with unmet needs. I continued the conversation you know, again, just leaning in. I don't know the right words to say, but again, what you're still here. I'm glad you're still here. What's changed? Again, focusing on what's now present in his life that he can build on and take energy from and use as a solid platform to keep walking forward with. Again, a couple of simple but profound questions when we can make space for what was absent and what, you know, what conditions would have led to that and what is now present, because we now have a list of things that we want to do more of and things that we can do less of or have more present and have less um, present. And it also just brings light to a darkness. And it was an incredibly deep, deep conversation, one where the two hearts of two human beings were in that present moment. They were connected. There was a, you know, you forget all statuses, job roles, backgrounds. When you're talking about the the essence of human life, you do what you can in that moment to be supportive of one another. Um. Did I feel awkward? Did I feel vulnerable having that conversation? Not really. Not anymore. Because here was a human being in front of me that was contemplating the unthinkable. Anything I could do in that situation was with a heart of trying to help and understand in some way. Without trying to fix. Without trying to be a problem solver. Sometimes love just listens. So my friends, we've got to get better at trying to make space for these conversations. There is a grace for getting the words wrong, if there is such a thing, when we open our hearts to truly wanting to hear the perspective of other people, to being able to put our own judgments and perspectives to one side and opening up, a more compassionate and understanding state of being. Paddy Pimblett, thank you for your example and thank you for the message that you've shared. Friends that are listening to this, you that are listening to this right now, thank you for making it to the end. I'm not saying go out and looking for suicidal people to have conversations with, but what I am saying is maybe there are people in your life right now that just need to be listened to. You'll know when you see When you start to listen with your entire being, not just your ears, you'll start to pick up on the strained faces of your friends, the intonation of their words, where they are revealing more than what their actual words are revealing. When we start to learn to listen, we will realize that there is more to hear. And then we can start to make space for that second question, which isn't, how are you? It's, how are you really? Have a great day, guys. Always love.